Oh, you know who else hates bringing out rooms? Everyone in the room while you're doing it. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's always awkward. I, I enjoyed bringing out a room. I don't know why. It was very calming. It was like very calming for me. Kind of like that peeling off a really old scab or whatever. That like things that are weird that people enjoy doing, but is like relaxing for them. I think that's only you. Yeah, that sounds no, weird. I mean, like people Dude. like cleaning or like power washing. Okay. Like yeah. No. No. I get you. Wash. I get you. Yeah. There's like some things you're like, oh yeah, that. that yeah, because it's. It's done. It's kind of like your yeah, exactly. Uh, particular news. But no, out. everyone like starts looking back at you and is like, bro, no, why no. is there feedback? And you're like, because I'm making it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I needed yeah. to find that. And I needed so to I can destroy it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we would usually show up hours before to try to do it when nobody was there. Yeah, but you know, yeah, but it, it they're happens. like, you know, show up at this time. We don't give you a key. I love it when people overreact to it. Like they'll grab their monitors and like make a face as if they you've done this every week for the last <laughs> year, and they're well, still you like, don't, "Oh, you what don't the do pain? it when people have like in ears in." They aren't supposed to have them in. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's why. It's like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna ring it out, or we're just doing some mic checks, just talking to your mic. Then they put their in ears in, like. We've been doing this for a year. You should know by now not to slap your own in-ear in when we're doing the ring out. Yeah. It happens. It's, look, it, I don't care. I think it's funny. It's the overreaction when you, like, grab the mic capsule and make it ten times worse. <laughs> is the yeah, best thing. Yeah, yeah, when they try to cover it and keep talking, you're like, that defeats the entire purpose. It, it defeats doing. both the purpose of the microphone normally and what I'm doing right now. Because number one, I can't hear you. And number two, you're making the feedback even worse. Like, yeah. you're just shooting yourself in the foot twice. Yeah. Twice. Hello. Welcome to Just Vibin'. It's a great podcast. Ostensibly, we talk about audio things. And honestly, that's the first time we've started one of these podcasts talking about audio. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to us. We it's made a, it. It's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. But, you know, hey, surprisingly, despite the fact that I'm in this, like, foldable chair, my butt doesn't hurt. Hey, that's good. That's you a, chose that chair. I did. You also chose to make your butt hurt. Okay, well, spin class is very painful. <laughs> I did not realize how uncomfortable a bike seat is when you're doing push-ups on the handlebars and landing back on the, the bike seat. I, I thought you were supposed to be biking in a spin class. Oh, you are. But this lady, dude, she she kicked my ass. Like She was like, okay, we're going to do push-ups on the handlebars while we're biking. We're still keeping up She's uh, the 94 RPM pace that oh, she wanted gosh. us to do. She'd be like, okay, quarter turn for resistance. All right, more push-ups. Now I want you to sit down for one beat and then cycle while you slowly lift yourself up towards the handbars for the next four. Oh, man. Ooh. And then she would do four up, four down, four up, four down, two up, two down, two up, two down, and then go back to doing that other thing. It was, I mean, that it was a great workout, but it was brutal. Was there, like, dance music going on? What, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it was dance music, but it was also, like, Wow by Post Malone and a couple of other, like, she picked a lot of top 40s okay, out that's of it. Fun. It's what. See, the other thing is, she's doing all of this. She's narrating it. She has two laptops up. One that's just controlling the the light up dance floor that's in there. It has tiles <laughs> that change colors with the music and control the like. We had a there's a giant screen in there that tracks your performance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's controlling that. And mind you, this is a new time for that gym. So I was the only one in the spin class. So it's literally my numbers <laughs> next to the spin instructor's numbers. <laughs> it was a uh, 
It was, it was a, a sad it was a, day all around. That, yeah, wow, that's intense. It's a one-on-one so, spin class. It was a one-on-one spin class. She has the full headset and everything yelling at me with the music oh going full blast. Oh, gosh. Uh, and she uh, I was doing that. She's controlling the lights. And she has a, a thing next to that where she's doing the DJ stuff, where she's like changing out songs and like doing doing the mixing and all that. While she's still doing all of the exercises that I'm doing. So it's like quadruple And destroying you at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's also super jacked. Like, and just looks super, super buff. Like, if she picked me up, she could just rip me in half casually. Just like, oh, would you like your arm back, sir? I accidentally <laughs> removed it from your shoulder. So on all fronts, just completely ruining me at this spin class. But at the end, it was a great experience. I think I'll go back. <laughs> I, I'm glad. Yeah, that's uh, sounds great. It feels like one of those like movie moments where you're sitting there and it's like the instructor and it goes to you and you're like sweating really hard. And it's like like this intense scene and then it pulls out and then it's like that awkward <laughs> laughter comedy where it's just you and the spin instructor <laughs> and the, yeah. the swim instructor's done like on the other <laughs> side. Yeah. um yeah i feel like i should plug them it's quantum gym in downtown nashville it's qntm it's a great gym i just started there you know like just been there four times it's a very high-end gym every class is one-on-one <laughs> <laughs> yeah right oh but the cool thing about it is that they don't do tracks right which is my biggest thing about going to some of the other things is that you have, once you go to it you have to commit for those two weeks or whatever oh, yeah. or jump in at the next cycle and in this it's just they have these classes multiple times a day if you go in it's going to be probably the same thing or they'll try to progress you a little bit and you can just get in and go at any day that you can go so that's neat that's cool. And it's included with the membership. My uh my workout this week was very um anticlimactic. Um <laughs> was not very fun and uh cost me a lot of money actually. So <laughs> it was um what was that? Yeah, so I play ice hockey as I'm sitting oh. here in a Red Wings uh sweatshirt. Um I'm sure that red comes through on the microphone. It does. Yeah, that's mm. why I wore it. Yeah. It's exciting. It's so bright and loud. I know. I don't wear it up. super often, so I was like, "You don't." You, you open the door with that on. I was like, "Oh, Greg, hello." I know. Bright colors. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. It's fun. Uh, but yeah, I was playing hockey, and I was playing with a friend, and uh, I went across the ice to go get a puck, and we were. Uh, it's called stick time, so everyone just kind of shoots randomly and like does their own thing. So on the w- one half, there's literally like coaches working with like young players. Um, so they'll like pay for the stick time and pay for a trainer to come out and practice with them for a half an hour. So that's cool, whatever. But I'm like going to go get a puck that's like behind this kid and he's skating through this drill. And I'm like, I'm just going to swoop in. looks like he's kind of going the other way. Grab the puck and swoop out. Well, I swoop in and he turns in and fires a shot at me. <laughs> and I'm not in full pads because I uh, had something to do afterwards. You don't have to be in full pads for that type of stuff. He hits me in the inner thigh with a <laughs> hockey puck. This kid's like elementary school, but <laughs> that's a high like it's a high shot for a kid. Yeah, so that, that was painful. You're like, oh, props, man! Yeah, props, yeah, my man! Yeah, yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it was like. Oh, that hurts, and you're skating away. You're like, oh my gosh, this hurts way more than I initially did. It also, keeps... I've been surprised at how heavy a hockey puck is. Oh yeah, like they're... when I look at it, I'm like, oh okay, you know, it's gonna weigh like you know half a pound. No, it's heavy. It yeah, is a yeah. heavy thing. Mm-hmm. And uh. Yeah, so that was just half of the ice time. The other half that was more expensive. That I mean, it was a bruise, but not. I didn't like break my leg. Um, but uh, we were uh, taking slap shots, and um, I took one. And uh, I don't take slap shots often. I'm not very good at them. And uh, 
I felt the stick felt weird afterwards. I was like, oh, that's did you, weird. Did you break so it? I looked at the shaft or at this blade and it looked fine. And I looked up at the shaft and eventually I saw a little line on it that wasn't there. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. So I showed my friend and I was like, yeah, I think it's broken, but it wasn't bending or anything yet. Like I wasn't trying, but I was like, he was like, oh, I got a spare you can use for the rest of the time. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, wait, 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 let me take one more shot. And so he, he gave me one. And literally, that half of the stick went farther than the puck did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It was great. It was very exciting. But I've had that stick for like eight years. so Okay, so it doesn't feel too bad. No, I've never broken a stick before, though. So it kind of sucks. You got your money's worth out of that one. Yeah, I was going to say, hockey yeah. gear's not cheap, but eight years is a long time. Yeah. It's probably the newest piece of equipment. Uh, second newest piece of equipment I have. I just got new uh, gloves, too. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. But uh, you got any fun stories? Wait, I should probably. I'm Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just proud of myself that I said the name of the podcast at the beginning. You did. It is just vibing. Good job. You did have to write that down. I to wrote remind it down yourself, uh, though. And we jumped into stories very quickly. I'm but sorry. hi, I'm Ralph. Welcome. To my right is Greg. Hey, guys. And to the right of Greg is Sean. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. You have any fun stories for us, Sean? Um, it's been a, oh yeah. Okay. So this Wednesday, this Wednesday. So we've had some interesting weather here in Nashville. Yeah. We have had, uh, well, I'll, I'll just tell the story. So I was running sound out in Dixon, which is West of Nashville, right? We get very West of Nashville. Yeah. We get, it's about 30, 40 minutes West. Um, so we get two songs into the set. And at the beginning of the set, we had gotten, like, flash flood warnings right and left. The emergency alerts were going off. And we are like, All right, okay, we're here. Let's do let's do it. And so uh, two songs in, uh, we, we, get, we get told, hey, so there's a tornado forming on the, over the high school that's, like, a block away from us. We should probably tell the band to stop playing and let's get into some cover. Wow. So we had to, <laughs> so I get on the talk band and it's like, hey guys, hey guys, we're we're gonna cut tracks. Matt's gonna come on stage and we got a tornado coming. Like it was a tornado warning. It wasn't like the watch anymore. It was like a tornado warning. And then like we looked at the weather and it was like, oh yeah, they say that there's like a circular cloud that's forming over the high school that's like right next door. Um, so we kill the tracks. Bands like <laughs> padding out and making it a moment and all that stuff. Um, the youth pastor comes up and is like, hey, so uh, we're going to go into the kids' area, go into the hallway. We're going to get away from the walls. Don't panic. It's going to be all good. Um, he was awesome. Getting in his, uh, I think his dad was a storm chaser, so he was like right in his element. And it was great. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but so we start funneling the kids out, and the band's kind of like still patting down. It's like, hey, guys, uh, you're cut. And so you can save yourselves. <laughs> oh, wow. Because <laughs> they were still like, like making the moment fade. And I was like, I faded you a long time ago. You guys are good. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we get in there and like thunder starts going, power starts flickering and all that jazz. We had a, it no was tornado, a time. Though, right? Uh, I was told that there was a debris trail. It it didn't like hit us by any means. It was it the circular cloud like went over us, and it, there was a debris trail as it was going down the forty towards town. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, needless to say, we had to do an abbreviated version of the service. 
And uh, we kind of hung out there until roads started closing down. And then us from Nashville were like, well, I guess it's now or never. If we're going to want to sleep at home tonight, we're going to leave now and hope we don't chase the tornado and catch it. Yeah. I mean, it was so, rough. Yeah. It was a lot was of bad. water. And it's probably the most water that I have personally experienced in a while. Uh, I managed to avoid it a little bit last year. I was just out of town when it was like heavy snow and when it was like super raining. I mean, people told me that it was worse than la- this was worse than last year. And like people and were gonna say, comparing yeah. this to almost like if it had kept going for a couple more hours, it would have been like t- 2010 flood type material. Yeah. Well, and so I'm on a hill. My house is on a hill it's at the top. It's basically the top of the neighborhood. I'm at the yeah. highest point in the neighborhood. You However, to, like, I also have the longest driveway in the neighborhood. <laughs> you have to like mountain climb to get up your driveway. Yeah. So despite the fact that the house is the top of the hill, my driveway is the bottom of the hill. <laughs> so anytime there's a huge amount of water, especially if it's been raining for a while, the drain will flood which is right at the bottom of our driveway. And so you have to drive through a lake to get to it. Like one time I wasn't there. I was out in California. So my car was parked by the uh, airport. But one of my roommates couldn't go to work because his car was in like two to three feet of water. It was completely waterlogged. Oh, man. Oh, no. And so, uh, I mean, like it it didn't do too much to his upholstery, thankfully, uh, because, you know, like the right at two and a half feet or whatever is, is when his his car actually that's where the bottom of the thing is but he like just couldn't leave because oh, the car wouldn't start it was just too wet <laughs> it was oh, like, oh that's okay mm. yeah that's rough um yeah so it, it's been crazy but yes. coming in with the rain is also valentine's day <laughs> coming up this week and yep. in fact by the time you hear this hopefully you will have had a great valentine's day or great singles awareness day as we like to make jokes about Ayo. <laughs> everybody in this room, you know, maybe that's who our uh, guests this week should have been just a happy couple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring some joy. In hindsight, that would have been good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the theme for this week is going to be the best album for Valentine's Day. Um, and we're going to need to talk about some of what those themes look like. Obviously, it has to be sexy. That's the first thing. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is why I'm single right now. Guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. But among that, we're also going to have to have some of those uh, single themes. So maybe the best album to cover Valentine's Day has to cover all aspects, right? Yeah, we have to be inclusive. Of it has to be inclusive, everyone. right? So it's the it's the happy relationship aspects, right? The well, I am happily in a relationship. And then the single parts of well, I am not in a relationship, and this kind of sucks. Or unhappily in a relationship, which is some of the songs on the record we're going to talk about. True. Or happily single, which is also on this album. This album really hits all spectrums of, exactly. of the Valentine's Day experience. Guys, we actually put thought into these these picks, just so you know, in case you were wondering. We had an enormous difficulty trying to pick songs for this. It was almost an argument in and of itself of which songs we should throw onto this as to listen to. Yeah, we came up with the album really quick. And then once we got the album, we were like, well, we want to play the album for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, right? when, when we started picking out songs, I was like, at one point, I was like, guys, we just talked about hitting every song on the album. We should There's, probably narrow it down. I think there was only one song on the album that we weren't considering. Right. There's only one. There was a couple. I, I, there, there was a couple, but we at least hit half of it. 
Like, yeah, I, I a mean, legit. I, yeah, it, it was a legit fifty percent. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it was more than that. But anyway, enough teasing. The album that we picked for this week is. I dare you say that my behavior is unacceptable. So condescending, unnecessarily critical. I have the tendency of getting very physical. So watch your step, cause if I do, you need a miracle. You dream and die and make me wonder why I'm even here. Yeah. <laughs> I need a sample of that real quick. That's gonna be in like literally every track I do. Is Greg going? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I love "Harder to Breathe," but it ended up not being one of the songs we're gonna talk about. It's a classic. It's probably one of their most memorable songs that doesn't get weird acoustic covers. Like <laughs> um, hey, and it is my favorite track on the record. It is also my favorite. Played along record. to that track many of times on the drums. It's very, yeah. very good. But uh, there are definitely some other songs that fit super well. I did want to hit real quick that we aren't going to talk about This Love. Uh, it's super popular. It is their Grammy Award winning song, right? Yep. I think it got them their first Grammy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what other song would have gotten them their first Grammy because this is their first album. Well, this As album this got them a yeah. few separate well, Grammys, too. Which ones, what other songs got it? Uh, this album won him Best New Artist. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I know. I don't think any other specific song got an award, but the album itself got a couple. But point being, the uh, this love just happened to not resonate with the three of us as much as some of these other songs. So this podcast is a lot about what we all appreciate and love the most. So even though we recognize that this love is super popular and is also a great song. It's a fantastic song. Still a great song. It just happened to be not the one that resonated with us more than the other ones we chose. Honestly, I think it just got overplayed for me personally, because like I, I I still dig this album through and through, but the only reason that I would pick other ones is because probably because I've heard that way too many times. And it's that thing, too, when you listen to, when you live with an album for so long, you eventually start kind of drawing towards the, the songs that aren't always the singles that interest you in different ways than what initially interests you in the album. Exactly. I think that all applies here for sure. This album I- itself is a lot of fun because I didn't hit this album in 2002. Definitely did not. Came to Maroon 5 as a whole in like 2011, 2010. Uh, a friend of mine who actually. Mariah, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, is the Ayo. one who got me into Maroon 5 initially. And uh, this album has been a landmark stay in any playlist that I make. There's always something by Maroon 5 in there, kind of no matter what. And this album in particular tends to resonate with me whenever it's on. I will never argue with someone that says, hey, do you mind if I put on songs about Jane? I'm <laughs> No, I will never. <laughs> at any time, at are you saying you want to interrupt my wedding playlist with songs? About <laughs> That's fine. Hey, hey, let's be honest here. Your wedding playlist is just going to be this album. Yeah, you're right. It'll probably, to be fair, it'll probably be the discography, just kind of like on shuffle. On shuffle. Yep. <laughs> no, I got you. I if got you. If you haven't noticed yet, this is the third Maroon Five album we've mentioned on this podcast, and it's finally <laughs> actually being spotlighted. We're joking that we're going to do a special Maroon Five discography episode (laughs) where we literally just talk about maroon 5 the whole time honestly we should have done it this week because you know super bowl 
This is like a double hitter. Yeah. Maroon 5 just played the Super Bowl. People didn't like that as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it didn't go off as well. It didn't go off well. I, I appreciated it. Like It was fine. Yeah. Okay. Like, the the concept of like, okay, everyone is just like, does he think that we just want to watch him take off his shirt? Okay. The concept behind that was like he was mirroring the music videos quite well. When they played Girls Like You, they did like the whole camera spinning around him thing like in the music video. They played Moves Like Jagger, and that's when he took his shirt off, because that was the whole point of that music video, and given that was the whole point of that music video, so. I think the hard thing was, like, that was their biggest single, but that song hasn't aged well. Yeah. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, in there, this, were, in, there were a lot of reasons yeah. why why the half halftime event was not super popular. Most of them, not most of them, but a lot of them were somewhat political. Some of the other ones were also... <clears throat> that there was a big push to play SpongeBob Sweet Victory at halftime and the Super Bowl instead of completely ignoring it or doing it just kind of teased it for uh, two scenes yeah, that and was... then walked away <laughs> which is probably the worst thing they could have done <laughs> right because then they said well we recognize that you exist but we still don't care enough about you to actually give you what you want, which is mm. kind of just the double whammy metal fingers deuces walking away. Um, but I do appreciate that somehow Travis Scott got Adam Levine to back up dance and sing for him. is <laughs> <laughs> an impressive feat in and of itself. Not saying anything about Adam Levine, but the fact that you can kind of check that off of like, he was my backup dancer and backup singer <laughs> is kind of a great thing to add to your career portfolio. Even if it was only for like thirty seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <Yeah. laughs> the I think some of the best parts about that Super Bowl are the memes that are coming from it. The mm-hmm. the Adam Levine with Michael Scott's face on <laughs> it is is gorgeous. It's great. It's good. It's really good. My favorite thing was when I uh, searched Adam Levine just to find more information on him about this. The one of the <laughs> first like feeds that came up was like dudes taking off their shirt and having uh, showing off their tattoos and writing the state that they live in across their stomach as well yeah yeah look so. the dude has a lot of tattoos it yeah he also has the finger tattoos which is like the classic example of man are you sure about that <laughs> or you have like letters written on your fingers oh yes it's like ooh. anytime you see that you're like I don't know about that, my dude. <laughs> but he pulls it off because he's, uh, I mean, like. He's Adam Levine. He's Adam Levine. He's he can do also, what he wants. Yeah, I, so much money. Who cares? <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah. Unbelievably there. But that's one of the fun things about this album is that you, they had no money coming into this. They were a part, they were a band before called Kara's Flowers, which the producer urged them to pick a new name which is good because Kara's Flowers is not a band that ever would have highlighted my mind I think it was the label by the way but yes was it the label okay yeah um and it's a great like Nirvana meets Weezer (laughs) blend with some Brit pop going on oh yeah a decent amount of Brit pop and like almost angsty Adam Levine voice if you want to hear like 2000s 90s voice but a little bit of Adam Levine that's where it's at you know uh, he wasn't he was a senior in high school right yeah he was a senior in high school they'd been a band for like three years before that um but yeah it was interesting because like they did the whole um they were on a label for six months and got dropped and it was like a big failure and they all they didn't break up the band, but they all went off to college for the next few years. 
and then we're went together again to start working on music and we're able to get picked up on like a demo deal so they kind of went hit rock bottom and started to come back um not even as maroon five yet until they as we said earlier they got convinced to change their name yeah and they picked up james valentine their guitarist in that time as well yeah because he was in another band right from nebraska um that came to la and they became friends because james valentine is a beast of his own coming from berkeley and being like good friends with john mayer um so he kind of he actually i think helped their career a lot was it whether it was changing the sound of their music or their connections to john mayer which got him their first uh major tour was opening up for him serious yeah 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 early john mayer he was one of their first big promoters like pushing as like there's a lot of artists and musicians that were pushed like excited about this album and a lot of that started from john mayer gotcha yeah so the other thing about this as we talk about it is that it's it's really cool that almost all of these same members of maroon five are still together minus you know ryan dusick who was like had too severe of injuries to continue drumming and so couldn't but other than that they're all still very good friends even as they make their modern stuff um they like being together and they're one of the few bands or not i wouldn't say that and it's not one of the few bands but they're a band that you don't hear anything about them not getting along almost ever yeah i think it's really cool that they you know started as like a high school band have added members since then but that's still like the core of who they are even now as past this album they're known as being in their 40s being in their 40s and being like a pop group Mm -hmm. and you almost feel like it's the adam levine show but we only know that name primarily from what he's done with the voice and acting like they've still only pushed themselves as a band almost all the photos they take are together they're still and now they have over they have seven members because they added a few touring guys and replacements for when guys wanted to take breaks. And now they've all become a band together. And now they all write and record together. Yeah, I mean, in the Girls Like You video, they showed James Valentine's playing the guitar uh, for about five seconds <laughs> <laughs> before they switched to just Adam. <laughs> music videos are completely different. <laughs> a it was a concept thing. I get it, but that, that was funny. There are music videos that don't even show the band one yeah. time. So <laughs> it's Again, it's a little bit of the but, Adam Levine show. Yeah, I, I mean, it's but, good to say that the only band member that left them didn't have a choice, right? Like, yeah, that's, and uh, yeah, they, always, they, they promote as a band... And in every album, there's always that one jam song where they're just like, all right, this was definitely a groove that we were just chilling on for a while and we turned it into a song because there's this huge outro where they're just kind of taking solos. Like, or It's not in every album, but their most recent one, uh, Closure, does that. And then um, in the one before that, I feel like there was... Was Wasted Years one of those? Or was that uh, just in the dope? was not before. Or sorry, two before. I mean, like, Wasted, Wasted Years was, was like the jam was. one, right? Yeah. Well, it was actually, uh, this is a little bit off topic, but Wasted Years was something that they had recorded and written years mm-hmm. before. I mean, for It Won't Be Soon Before Long was something that they were going to put it on. They didn't put it on their B-sides, and then they overexposed, came around. They turned a corner on how much they liked the song, and then just threw it on there. Yeah. So, it, yeah, definitely. Kiss, sorry. Kiss. That was that was one the Prince cover yes. where they just like went off and do, did solos. It, it it felt like just a funk jazz group kind of yeah. going and doing their thing. They they clearly have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And the 
songs about Jane, I think, is their classic example of doing this. Regardless of what anyone thinks about the direction of Maroon 5, there's a lot of debate, you know, like, oh, this album is the only one that matters. You know, there are a lot of people that have different opinions. I do think it's fascinating that every album sounds different. Um, it's still the same members and it's a lot of times the same instruments. And then they've started to move into more of a pop genre using a lot more tracks and a lot of different effects and stuff. But to me, I, I like that progression from album to album. That's completely different. And I think they've been very, um, we need to stop talking about Maroon 5 because we're going to run out of stuff to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Well, getting into that, they've been on top of the, uh, the, the, times of music and the genre and like what's popular in music so for example when they did getting into songs about jane they had uh cara flower or cara's flowers and that was kind of brit pop and that was kind of the music at the time but they wanted to change it so when they were um starting to write and record adam levine and i uh, one of the other members that went off to new york for college um was really influenced by a lot of the hip-hop and r&b uh culture out in new york and that's where a lot more of the funk and I'll say Neo Soul with quotation marks uh, because they've referenced that as being influences. And I think that could be an influence. I don't think that's their genre, but they pull from that, especially in the funk um, with the funk and jazz. A lot of yeah. jazz in this that they didn't have in their other record beforehand. And I think that was all some of the time. Um of the early 2000s. And, and again, like we we're saying, John Mayer was just coming up in that time too. And he was hitting a lot in the acoustic, but also the jazzy um, funkier playing as well. Yeah. Um, so they were in, in that time. And they, I think they've always at least been trying or moving in that direction. And they've done well in the last few albums of doing that. But every, especially every time they have a really hot new single, like they know how to hit top forties. Yeah. Reliably, which is pretty good for a band that's been around as long as they have. It's to, hard to do. Yeah. I mean, the number of bands since that have been around since 2002 that still reliably hit top 40s, you can't count on one hand. Oh, right. yeah, and, like, multiple songs have hit on this album. And it's, like, and it's usually a sleeper, at yeah, least in the most the one. In, in, in the most recent couple of albums. It was like, oh, I wouldn't have pegged that, but that's actually pretty dope. Like, that, yeah. Uh, what was it? Well, they also know how to on, promote their songs really well. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the one most recently that was really girls popular, like you, uh, girl, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, that is the one that's because that recently, one. But I meant sh- I was talking about sugar. Y- you're right, girls like yeah, you yeah, yeah. Sugar was the other sugar. one for me, but like girls like you was like I don't know later on in the album, and like I I had heard I don't know it it sounded it was in like a lull in the album for me when I initially listened to it straight through, and then that when that hit as a single, I was like, oh wait, that's a really good song. And just, yeah. Yeah, they, yep. they, they're able to pick that out and bring it out. Yeah, and it's important to remember that this song's about Jane was before they knew that they would be this good at it. So uh, one of my favorite things to talk about is, uh, and heard on the internet, and Adam Levine, uh, I think, has mentioned this in an interview. I will fact check myself in a minute because I forgot to do that. <laughs> but um, he got, <laughs> the whole band got so much money so fast because they did not have much money to record this. It was just them and a producer, and that's it. They were not. This is not a really well-funded album. They got so much money so fast that Adam Levine continued to live with his mother for years after the album because he kept touring, kept recording, they kept doing stuff, even though he was a millionaire <laughs> and had no need to do so. Uh, never never officially moved out until years later. Uh, yeah, but it's overall a great album. I think we are going to jump into the first one that's not harder to breathe. 
It's uh, not coming home. Give it a listen. wife is so gorgeous that even he looks like he's out of his league yeah she's like a supermodel yeah she's victoria's secret she's she like the top victoria's Il- secret model she started out as a sports illustrated swimsuit model and then she's a victoria's secret model now but she's still like top it's unbelievable actually <laughs> like i was looking at it, it's like man i forgot that he married somebody that's so gorgeous that even he looks out of his league <laughs> and it's not like he's a bad looking dude <laughs> I can't find anything to verify my claim, so I just leave it up to people on the internet to crucify me. It's fine. I like your <laughs> claim. That's a good claim, though. Yeah. I've heard of other guys doing that. But mostly it's because they're still on the road, so they're yeah. never actually home, so they never have time to move. So we're definitely going to fall victim to the trap of listening to every single song all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this was one of them. But yeah, that was not coming home. It's, uh, it's a banger. And that's going to apply to every single song on this record. <laughs> <laughs> on this record. There, there's a really hot debate amongst us because there's, again, this was recorded with just Maroon 5 and a producer. So there's not much knowing about it. And including the fact that, you know, it was still a bit of a sleeper hit. We're talking about it being a huge, you know, album. But it wasn't until two years later. It did not, like, blow up as their, as a best-selling album until 2004. There's not much about the actual production. And so we're trying to decide... If this was actually recorded live or not, we actually kind of I think agree we in that one on when it. we listened through. Uh, it, it's what I missed that entire. Yeah, yeah, we, we were agree we were before we listened to it. I know we were talking and you were not paying attention. I was looking at stuff. So yes, go for it. Uh, well, we can go back and forth, but through like listening deeply, my first thought is the crowd noise sounds cool, but it doesn't sound quite like a concert, and it keeps going in and out where it sounds like I think it's looped. Right. Um. That was my first initial thought. See, that was what I started with, and then I heard some really realistic-sounding reverb on his voice, on his lead vocal, and it sounded like a room mic rather than a like synthesized verb, but I, you can synthesize that. That's yeah. that's not a big deal. It just sounded believable, so that was kudos to whoever did that. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of start realizing, though, later on that like the BGVs are definitely doubled tripled of, of one voice and the uh in his that reverb that we were talking about on his lead it goes away when there's more vocals going on which wouldn't happen live right side tangent so when we were researching this album i found a little nugget of information about those bgvs that on that track and hold on i'm gonna get the song title so i don't screw this up i believe it was tangled and Sean is over here abusing his mouse as he normally does. Just in case, I just want to explain that when you hear that clicking, it's Sean lifting his thumb all the way up past the rest of his fingers and back down onto his mouse to make sure that it gets the message. I'm reading this right now. That's not true. It is Tangled, Secret, and Not Coming Home. Rashida Jones from, you would know her from The Office, 
and from Parks and Rec. No, that is true. Yes, yeah. that is, she's she that is. On an yep, she is the daughter of Quincy Jones. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Oh my gosh! And yeah. she no, sang BGVs on this record. Oh yeah, blew yeah. my mind. Shut up, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, no, I, like, I got this. Oh, no. I know. Everyone I know. knows that. Come on, man. This blew my mind <laughs> this evening. Okay, so yeah, that's funny. I just didn't know that you didn't know that. See, like Sean figured this out and like <laughs> hid the laptop. Was like, ooh. <laughs> so I was like, man, am I gonna learn something new about about songs about? <laughs> and then. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Fine, Ralph. I, okay. My mind is blown. <laughs> At least I didn't steal oh, your thank thunder. Thank you, Greg. I was sitting here like, is he just talking about Rashida Jones? <laughs> but yeah. it's all right. It, yeah, no, it's really, really cool. Um, just so you known from things like Parks and Rec, also directing, and she's directed her own stuff, yeah. helped produce her own stuff. She's very accomplished within the acting world, um, which is probably part of the reason why it's so surprising to see that she sang backup vocals. <laughs> For yeah, uh, for a, a beginner band that no one had ever heard of at the time. To be fair, she was also somewhat beginner and getting her start at the time as well. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not like she's coming from Parks and Rec fame <laughs> to go sing in a garage band. <laughs> <laughs> they were also they're a lot bigger than a garage band at that uh, point. The no, Cara Flowers thing took off. No, that's the thing. It was they. Well, they no because they Cara Flowers up. bombed. Well, they had the movie thing. With, with yeah, some of that, their songs in it. Their band broke up after that. They gotcha. went off they to college. They reformed for Maroon gotcha. 5 and added James Valentine. And when they reformed, they signed with a different label on a different deal with a different uh, with a different manager. And it was just for demos. And then they shopped around those demos to like five labels. And then that label finally picked them up gotcha. to do this S- album. You're right. Still better than a garage band. Still better yeah, than a garage band. It's like not they, your uncle asking if yeah. you come sing backup vocals for the kid down the block. This is right? like the like, cool kid bad. in high school that had a band that had an album that like didn't do anything and then uh, went off to college. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, you'll make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It kind of feels like what we did in high school, but nowhere close to the level of success. <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring that in. But, I was you know. like, well, we came out on the wrong end. Of yeah, that I was one. Like, yeah, we, we did the same thing. Didn't even get signed on either end. Yeah, no, at no point we ever. Yeah, so not so lyrics. Cool. <laughs> now that we're done self-deprecating, the smoothest transition known to man. Um. My favorite thing about Songs About Jane is that the lyrics are super raw. And honestly, uh, I, with some of the lyricism and modern takes from Adam Levine and company uh, is has lost a little bit of that. But there's still, every once in a while, that song that's a little, little more raw and a little more uh, open and honest. And that's what I like about this entire album. Uh, it's not trying to hide what it is at all. And it's not a long layer or a long diatribe. It's, it a, comes it's a Valentine's right out the gate Day album. Of, uh, <laughs> of just saying, like, this isn't worth it. You, this is an abusive situation. And I don't want to deal with it. Um, when writing this, uh, he had actually just come out of a breakup, as is, I think, extremely obvious through the entire album not all the songs were written at the same time but there's clearly that some of them were written post uh, a breakup and this one in particular just highlights hey uh does it suck to be by yourself because yeah it should (laughs) does it suck to know that i've left you in the dust and i barely even think about you except for the entire time i was writing the song (laughs) because it should (laughs) 
Do you think about hoping for me when you call or answer the phone or answer your door? Remember when we had a landline and you didn't know who was calling us? Yes. <laughs> I certainly hope you feel bad about it. It's it's that kind of, uh, as much as we would love to like say these kinds of things and believe them to be true, it's probably not, especially the time he was writing this. Most of the time when you're feeling things that are written here, the other person does not feel the same way. They're not looking for you. They've moved on. Oh, yeah. It always it always happens on a delay if it ever happens. Exactly. The whole vindictive thing, you never get the sweet victory in that. <laughs> yeah. And he even highlights himself a little bit later. You don't know how much this hurts me to say these things I don't want to say, but I have to say them anyway. I do anything to end your suffering, but you would rather walk away. So he's kind of like, well, I mean, if you were suffering, I would help you, but you'd rather just walk away from me. And, but I need to say this anyway. I need to be able to say that I'm going to let go. I'm going to walk away and I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm not going to answer you. I'm not going to go and talk to you. I'm not going to let you back in, which is an important growth thing for walking away from a relationship. And it's something that like, when you think about it on when Valentine's day comes around, it's, and you're single. One of the things you do is think about previous relationships so it's Yay. really important to highlight. <laughs> you don't have to tell that anecdote, Sean. It's fine. We're going what? to. Uh, that was, no, I just chose not to be mean right there. It was all. Oh, okay. See, Sean, You're Sean likes to pump fake me a lot. <laughs> he pumps fakes, fakes me a lot. He gets up, opens his mouth to say something, and then closes his mouth. And so we're all just sitting here <laughs> in an awkward pause. So this time I just I just co-opted it. I was like, I'm not waiting. <laughs> I'm not going to give him the chance anymore. We're going to move on. So I got a little insight in on this relationship. Oh, um, So, yeah, um, based off Wikipedia, at least. <laughs> uh, this will be good. Well, okay, for one, there is a Jane. Uh, I guess her name is Jane Herman, according to Google. Um, a site off Google. I don't know some uh, some girl a, from a uh, Vogue writer now, right? Yeah, yeah, Vogue writer. But I guess um, she was like uh, high school sweetheart of um, Adam Levine because they went they grew up in L.A. Uh, but I and guess you didn't know that you could check out his chest from last week's Super Bowl performance. <laughs> Stomach actually, <laughs> it's the middle. It's like right in the middle. But the the, the chest has has different tattoos on it though. All right, he's a lot of. You got to be specific. Anyway. But the best part was he met her in a gas station. I guess she worked there in high school, and um, he fell in love with her. Kept showing up randomly at the gas station. Wrote a song about her and played it for her while she was working. That this is a like straight a, quote from Adam Levine. That is the most '90s thing I've ever learned about Adam Levine. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely something you can you could only get away with in the '90s. Yeah. That's what gets you. Uh, Arrested <laughs> or kicked out of a gas station. <laughs> that does not work. <laughs> Please do, it, do not try it at home. My personal experience, Ralph? Uh, no, from a modern climate. <laughs> culture. I, it, it just <laughs> sounded like you knew for a fact that Look, uh, this was this is a part of your past. Let me be clear. There has never been a point in my life where I thought I could sing well enough to serenade someone. Honestly. I don't know about that. No. I have some videos in high school that would beg to differ. Those were, okay, those were a joke. It was <laughs> satire, okay? Satire. There's a reason why in the musicals I was told to play the shouty characters that don't really sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Uh, anyway, that's that's about it for Not Coming Home. I think it's a good song that it, it rocks really hard. Um, it's one of the songs that has a good 
good edge to it. It doesn't only rock, it grooves. I feel like your delivery killed that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> James Valentine so rips on guitar in this one. Yeah. It's well, a really mm-hmm. great blend of rock and uh, groove. Like I would say James drums. Valentine rips all the time. And true. And probably Adam Levine, too, because he plays guitar all over this album as well. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of the solos are actually Adam. Trading. That's why they brought in James Valentine was the uh, um, the deal they signed with the demo um, group was pushing for them to get a guitarist um, so Adam wouldn't have to play as much live. Yeah. And, um, well, I just totally lost my train of thought. Sorry. So cool. you pump fake me and don't say anything. <laughs> I, I pump fake myself. And <laughs> <laughs> He's just so good at this. <laughs> well, what was it? I mean, when we saw him live, uh, like Adam was taking a bunch of the solos, and when it was James Valentine's solo time, uh, Adam walked over to his pedal board and hit a random pedal and made his guitar go crazy. That was fun. He he freaked out for like half a second and fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I thought this was gonna be like a he intentionally like turned on a loop on his pedal board, but he just accidentally hit. Oh no 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 no! He he intentionally like put a boost pedal on and made his guitar just go like super loud for a second, and like he freaked out. James Valentine is like, what's going on for a second? And then, oh, you mean Adam oh, did that to James Valentine. James Valentine? Oh yeah, he was messing with oh. him. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. I so Adam walked over and just kicked something on on his pedal board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's yeah, it was fine. good times. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing that when we're talking about them being friends forever, it like they're clearly friends. That's not stuff you just pull on like, especially with the way that band relationships can go bad. It's not a thing that you yeah. just pull on someone in the middle of a live show. If unless you you're know very... they're not okay with it. <laughs> yeah. You have to know. You have to be pretty comfortable um, as friends to be able to do that. Um, but the next one we're going to hit is probably the most classical Valentine's Day one that everybody knew we were going to talk about. So it's uh, She Will Be Loved. <laughs> the most classic and it's one of their most played it's like top three most played of all time that's like them. first dance junk right there you know high I've... school dance junk too yeah big time yeah this uh this song also has the most uh poignant lyrics of just really hitting harder a lot of what he writes creates a very specific image in your head Right. A lot of the lyricism tells you immediately what it's talking about and directly. Right. Uh, But this one specifically paints that very famous. You think about like the notebook. Think about um, uh, I think of. Oh, wow. I just blanked on Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice, like moments of one lover is in the rain and the other one is not. (laughs) 
or they're both in the rain and they're running at each other. Like these moments are, uh, I think of like the scene in Sweet Home Alabama where he's collecting like sand glass and it's storming and she's running at him. Those are all scenes that are easy to associate with this song. Super, super easy uh, because he paints that exact picture this way. And this is definitely a song that, you know, it's got that bossa nova in the background that's fun to listen to, but it's not as musically complex or interesting as the other songs. It's definitely has that really heavy focus on lyricism and conveying a very specific emotion the entire way through. Like everything on the album, it still grooves. It grooves really well. It kind of like pushes the beat along. It it doesn't feel like it's a it's not a ballad, but it's it's a ballad. But it it's not like it loses energy as a ballad. Okay, fair. I yeah. think that's fair. It's it's still a ballad that it's it fits the definition of a ballad at this point in time. I yeah. think. I think how it's able to not feel complex but keep the melody moving is it actually doubles the melody a lot. The guitar lines usually playing along with what. Um, Adam's singing, um, which is really cool and uh, kind of keeps it with that jazzy kind of Latin feel because it's like an, an acoustic. It's like picked, um, which is really cool. I think it was also interesting too um, how the uh, drums and the production of those are a blend of samples and live drumming. And I, you can even hear it on this one in the sense that the, yeah, there was a little bit of vinyl noise, there was a little bit of scratching going on that you could really hear evident at the beginning, but it goes all the way through to keep um, that sound going. Um, and they also blend in some of that sampling on the actual drum beat as well. Yeah, and like the second verse, they, they went straight into like that thing, like the scratching that you would hear all over 2000 stuff, you know? And yeah. it was just like, oh no, we're going to throw this in a ballad and it's going to be fine. It's gonna be vibey, but it's it's <laughs> vibey because it's not like trying to make it, yeah, like waka waka, but it's more of a, like a, you know, a groove, uh, like yeah, like a, a it, ballad playing in the background on vinyl honest, from the seventies. Yeah, honestly, this is the first time listening to it just right there that I thought vinyl scratch rather than like percussion element. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's what that is. You didn't think of a DJ table. You thought of literally a vinyl playing, right? Yes. Yeah, you didn't think of trying to mix it or yeah. But what you're talking about with the melody, how either the keyboards or the guitar are almost always following the lead line is, A, one of the reasons why it's so popular is because it's super easy to sing along to, and B, why it's in karaoke. Anytime you go to karaoke, anything. It is <laughs> like, if it doesn't have this song, you're not in a real karaoke bar. Somebody just plugged in their their phone and it gave you a microphone. <laughs> like, there's not real karaoke happening here. Yo, and it has that moment where you, where you have to jump into the falsetto, and so it really shows off how bad of a singer you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's how you know that somebody's just really, really thinks that they're... So it's when you know. It's when you know, right? Because you can hit the rest of the song. Adam Levine is a very mid-range singer, right? Like, Oh, no, he's high. He is high. It, well, let me finish real quick. Okay. He's a very mid-range singer, and then... Th- for everything that's like super super high, he goes into falsetto, right? Right, but even his mid range is pretty high if you try to sing it. Like his, in, he in makes this it, album. I'm okay. So and let me frame that. I, I'm thinking of it because he just keeps going higher on the other albums. It right, seems like every album he keeps moving a little bit higher. And to it's, an it's true. I'm just saying in general, his voice, like he <sighs> makes the high mid sound like a low because he makes it sound so natural. If you actually try to sing that, he's actually up there compared to most. Okay, that's fair. And you know what? I wouldn't know that. So you're definitely right. But my point was being more that if you can be somebody who's an okay singer, 
and then you hit <laughs> the part where you have to jump, and that's when you know. You know whether or not they're worth their medal or if they've done this before or they, they're at least like ready for it because they'll either go high or they'll just drop low. Like if they've done it before and they know where they're at and they know they can't hit it, they're just like, all right, we're going to go down. If they try for it, you're usually like, um, yep, you didn't know or you think you can. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's, it's a good moment. Um, I usually go with the uh, singing out of pitch on purpose so it's more comical so that way if i don't if i'm not actually trying then we can all laugh together because if i'm actually trying then you're just laughing at me speaking of we have some great clips of b-roll <laughs> of greg singing along to this song we'll, we'll i sure really hope we yeah we need to edit a couple of those in <laughs> uh yeah i that's the good old like honor student approach of I won't. If I don't try, then they won't know that I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> if I just act like I'm not trying, then they'll never know. It's like, oh, I could be smart if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this song in particular, I, I like it a lot, but it's always been a little bit um, tainted for me in particular. Uh, it was definitely a highlight of a past relationship that I've had. And I think it's probably true for a lot of people. It's part of the reason why it works so well for Valentine's Day. I initially didn't put this song on our list of stuff because of to listen to when we we're talking about it. And then Sean and Greg were like, why aren't we putting this on here? And I realized that I had subconsciously just skipped it. I just, when I read through the songs, like when I'm thinking about songs I want to play, I automatically skip the song because for me, it, it still hurts a little bit, even though it was, I mean, that relationship, the real, like two years of that relationship, two and Oh wow. It was almost three years. Okay. <laughs> of that relationship was a while ago i mean it was 2014 right um but just like in the song that kind of thing doesn't leave you and we're talking about not coming home all that stuff it doesn't leave you and it, it's amazing that music can still evoke that that it probably won't matter for the next 10 years if i never talk to this person again and never think about them again for the next 10 years maybe i'll be able to listen to this song and not think about it but, but it's unlikely. But yeah, a good song can attach itself to the emotion that it conveys, and therefore it'll stick with you, whether that emotion be good or bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this one hits that pretty perfectly for me on that. So it's, I still listen to it. It's cathartic in some way of like, you know, living in that emotion. When you want to be sad, it's like, you know what? I'm not having a great day. Let's just put the thing that makes me feel worse just on. Just glutton for punishment. Yeah. On <laughs> I, I mean, that's some of what music is. It's just, you know, I'm in this I, feeling right now. Let me put on music that matches how I feel. And yeah. it helps kind of like let that emotion go. Yeah, it's, it's catharsis. We were just watching the show Maniac. Um, on Netflix and it's a great oh, I show. It. I've only watched the first episode. I cool. I'm only talking it about like the first, really maybe good. second episode here. It's not a big deal. Are we gonna watch it right after this? We but, should. Well, you're gonna have to catch up then. It's what? Two, it's episode two. Yeah. Well, we're on like okay. four. <laughs> All right. Fine. Anyway, <laughs> I've actually finished it. Greg's on four. <laughs> continue but Wait, um, i recommend maniac to you and then i never watched it because we were sitting there talking about bojack for a while and i said you know what would also be good that i think it's really good andrew maniac. andrew our friend andrew is the one who turned me on to maniac okay well, you, you might have mentioned you might have mentioned it, and it. it was probably one of the conversations where he was trying to get me to watch it yeah but anyways sorry um the the connection was the whole catharsis thing they want to take this first pill that makes them relive their most traumatic experience because it's like cathartic at least you can be in the moment in it um and if that's what you're feeling then maybe reliving it is what's gonna 
either be true to what you're feeling or make you feel better about it because you're still in the moment and you can maybe change your feeling about the moment even if it doesn't happen and that's where she got stuck like taking that drug over and over again yeah and i mean i think it's also important to oh let me rephrase this a little bit bit differently there are definitely points in my life where i felt completely apathetic like just felt like i was going through the motions nothing really matters what's happening um, and one of the ways to just kind of remind yourself that you're human <laughs> is to relive some of those moments, you know, uh, and to want to reach out and feel something, anything, even if it's not a great emotion, feeling something can at least remind you like, Hey, I'm here. I'm a person and I do feel things. Yeah. But that can lead to, to being super unhealthy too. It's that's true. Like, you have that's to, not a, that's not a good path to latch on to per se, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely not. But this song was that for me of just like, hey, I don't know. I, I want to feel something. So I'm going to put this on because at least it reminds me that I have been places in my life and I've survived stuff and I can move forward. You have to frame everything in what's best for you and how you handle it and just make sure that it's never an unhealthy dip of, oh, I only want to feel bad things all the time because I'm a terrible person. You know, you don't yeah. want to get into this like cycle of punishing yourself or cycle of trying to constantly one-up what you're feeling but it, it like you said it can be cathartic to try to face that moment and see if it still has power over you right yeah and so while this song it's it's never going to be my favorite song anymore like it was at the time it used to be my favorite song on the album it's enough for me to look at it and be like you know what yeah it does remind me of this person and that's not necessarily the most fun but it you know it doesn't have power over me anymore it doesn't set my day down a shade like it used to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it used to be I would hear the song and my entire day felt worse. Man, that's terrible. I'm that's sorry. not it's not Especially true for like your favorite album. <laughs> and this is yeah, It's up there. It's it's this in the uh, uh well no, actually I would say that this is probably my favorite album. There you go. So yeah. This but. has been just vibe and therapy session. <laughs> Number one. Yeah. We are changing directions, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about using music as therapy. Man, we said we wanted it to be the music science podcast. <laughs> a new level of we science we've gotten. Oh, Moving to the next level of science. In a, uh okay, changing it a little bit here. Really interesting fact. We hit this on earlier about like how this album was a slow burn a little bit, like on uh popularity. We started off because this album launched them into popularity as well. But this song was a um, single in 2004, in November. It, they released it as a single. But the Harder to Breathe, their first single on the album, was released in 2002. So literally two full years of that. And their last single to be released for this album was in 2005. So Man, I, that never happens anymore. As I say, the, yeah. The turnover a, is so much quicker. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, too, was because they won Grammys in 2004, I think, or yeah, 2004. Sense. So that relaunched the album in popularity. But to be relevant for that long, um, yeah, is a, is a giant feat. Um, well, and they used to release singles to highlight tours. And that yeah. still happens a little bit, like, you know, releasing singles to highlight tours. But now we flip that to singles lead up to albums that highlight tours. Yeah. Right. Um, instead of here's an album, let it sit or let it get big. Um, people will play an album before it's released. They'll play songs off of their new album at shows and then slowly release more singles until they, the album hits and then hit their cycle. So 
at the time it was them just like hey by the way everybody likes this album here's a new single and we're gonna tour and the next year hey here remember that other single that you liked here's another new single from that same album here's another tour <laughs> right um and and it it's what shot them into being huge and helped propel them this album propelled them through the next one it won't be soon before long which while super popular was not as popular as this one and definitely through the the one after that um hands all over which was not nearly as popular as this one and actually now that i think about it hands all over might still be up there with me it's competing with songs about jane by my, <laughs> my top two but anyway well and uh you're talking about like even at the super bowl they played a bunch of like three at least three songs this song this, at the super bowl yeah they and harder to breathe and i think one more so they played at least three from this album which like sunday morning sunday morning sunday morning almost no band does that where they they'll maybe hit one song off their first album but they're still playing this a ton and that was like super bowl is just like a very smaller version of their full show when they do a two-hour concert yeah so this just, is a lot just throwing this out there it won't be soon before long, before long the follow-up came Five years after this one. They toured five years on this album. 2007 was the next release. Yeah. Uh, and Adam Levine at the time, also, I think right at 2002, was still trying to act. He had several... I need to pull that up. I just pulled it up a second ago. He had a couple of shows that he was in around 2002 that he wrapped up and then started to focus on music, mostly full-time. They still did... Oh, geez, what is that movie called? It's not the best movie, but... Um, oh shoot! What I just know the called? more recent ones. I think Begin Again was one of them. Yeah, I was gonna like say that. I don't even know Begin was, Again. That was more recent than this album. American Horror Story. Uh, yeah, he was in American Horror Story. But no, there's the one. I'm not talking about near this album. I'm not talking about the one near this album. There's one that he uh, released a single off of. I think it was uh, Begin Again. Is it Begin Again? Uh, yeah. Lost Stars. Lost was? Stars. That's it. For Begin Again, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 I was thinking the song was called Lost Stars. <laughs> And I'm pretty I mean, sure that was under Maroon 5, not just him. Lost Stars. Uh, no, it's by Adam Levine. Uh, yeah, really? it's not oh, a Maroon okay. 5 song. It's okay. an Adam Levine song. Cool. You but also, I think it was produced by whatever studio the movie wanted. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, point being. So, that was uh, She Will Be Loved. I guess we're going to hit Secret now. Let's give it a listen. Watch the sunrise, say your goodbyes. Oh. Well, that was uh, Secrets. Secret. Secret. Singular. Room 5. It's, uh, we have said groove, but this is so much groove. In fact, it is 30 seconds of groove before <laughs> this song <laughs> it's, comes it's in. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool, too, how they pull in, because I have always... Whenever I think back to this album, I always just remember a live funk band, like rocking hard. Um, but this one, it's really interesting how they pull in all the layers and make everything real sparse, but they just blend it all together really nicely. And the tones that they're using on on the real instruments are insane. Like 
that mic sounds right up to that acoustic guitar, and it's crazy how little like string noise that I'm hearing and ro- like rocking around in a chair that I'm hearing because that thing is compressed real hard, and it, yeah, it's it's just super intimate because it's like a mic almost in the guitar is what it sounds like to me. Speaking of intimate, this entire song is about intimacy. Just in case you didn't, yeah, this is this is probably about the sexiest song I know. Yeah, Uh, but it's also beyond that. I mean, there are very obvious allusions (laughs) to intimacy in the song. I don't even know if you can call them illusions anymore. (laughs) There's only one direct, like slowly as you say, I'm not there yet, is the only like literally direct reference. But some of it is, is still involves the like sweetest moments you can spend with someone that are also intimate, right? One of my favorite things to do with people that I am friends with and people that I love is take a road trip, is drive long distances, because there's nothing better than having like an extended conversation with a friend. And you often don't have enough time to spend with that other than like to, to stop and actually have those conversations. And that's only tripled when you're in love with this person and you want to spend the rest of your life with this person and you're dating this person. That's only tripled, right? Yeah, remind me never to go on Ralph's road trips all alone with him. I feel like the vibe would be a little bit off from what I was expecting. Well, Sean. Way to take my wholesome thing. I like it, Ralph. I understand you. I appreciate it, Greg. That's why Sean's to the right of Greg. We need more distance between the two of us. Man, I just want to I just want to be referenced in where I am towards Greg and not be affiliated, you know. Yeah. And I would even <laughs> to- take your example to the next level to where like you have the relationship in How I Met Your Mother of um the two main guys going on a road trip and having to listen to the same song I over and that. over and over again. And in the episode like, you know, at first they if I remember correctly, they're not like close friends. Like they're going to the same state. And, you know, they have the the normal, hey, how are you doing? You know, let me get to know you. What, like, what's your family stuff? But then after, like, that first hour or two, you know, you got nothing. So you got to be like, is it just going to be quiet? Or, like, are we going to actually become friends? And the best part is they have to listen to the same song over and over again. Um, <laughs> which, uh, you know, could ruin it for a lot of people. But oddly enough, I've heard more people sing that song than ever because of that one episode. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... I think it's really cool how he ties in a lot of intimate moments, both emotionally and physically. Uh, it makes the song, it just amplifies both, right? When you talk about both in the same context, it amplifies them both because the things that you want to share, the people you want to share physical intimate moments with are also, hopefully, are not. You know what? Whatever. You live your life. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. But for me, the people that I want to share intimate physical moments with are the people I want to share intimate emotional moments with, right? And so this song hits all of those notes perfectly on top of that the way that it layers sounds and plays with those layers is really well done (laughs) in a way that's yeah it's great it's great in the background it's great to sing along to it's great to listen to solo it's great in the like this song you can put on it anywhere i mean it's true for a lot of these songs but i also feel like this song in particular can kind of fit anything it's fun it's a lot of fun and this one's kind of a sleeper too it's like on the back Back end of the album, it has like a minute plus long intro, you know, that like fades in. Um, but it, it's really cool. And it, and it all works towards what the song is singing about. 
which I think is a trademark for a great song. They even uh, try to fake you out at the end. Every time you think that the vocals are going to start, like you're listening to the song for the first time, you're like, okay, it's no, no, that's another layer. Okay, and nope, nope, another layer. And then they hit you with the one picked note off of the acoustic guitar, <laughs> <laughs> just just to mess with you right before the, the vocals start. <laughs> you're like, God damn it, really? <laughs> and then they start singing. It's good. It's good. I like this, this song a lot. Now, like we said at the beginning, uh, we could talk about every single song on the album. Yep. Uh, there are a lot that we didn't hit that still matter a lot. One of them highlighting Sunday morning. Sunday morning is... It's the song that if you're like, if you're a musician's band, you've covered it at one point in your life. Yeah. If you're going to play one cover, might as well be Sunday morning. It's also it's fantastic. It's got like that solely section, like that throws back to the the jazz days, where like it's a big band and everyone's doing the horn lines all together. It's it's fantastic. And there's a couple of songs on this album like that, yeah. but this is the most most known, I think, for that. It's also the most wholesome, like just feel good relationship moment of yeah, we're not going anywhere. Let's just spend a lot of time together. We, you know, just spent all a Saturday, but Sunday's good too. Let's keep hanging out, you know. So it it fits the theme really well, but uh, just couldn't fit it in amongst everything else. It's a uh, whole song as a rap, or the whole album, sorry, as a rap from front to back. I think this is uh, honestly, I don't skip a song when I listen to this album. Yeah, same. And honestly, no shade to any of our other albums, but this is the album that fit our theme the best. <laughs> this album so perfectly fits our theme that. There was no question when we're like, "Hey, when I think I don't Sean think threw we it had, out there, yeah, I don't think we had a a like runner ups. Nope, no this debate. time around. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> there was no suggestion or like, oh, what about this one? What about? Nope, that's it. That's the whole one. Uh, almost like our first one, but like the lack of debate about the first one, we might have ended up having the same thing, but there were definitely other albums that were super easy to talk about that could have fit the same theme of like post breakup. Mm-hmm. And this one's kind of that same vibe, but not, not necessarily. Cause it talks more all around it. It's not just about a breakup. Uh, this one, I didn't even think about anything else. That being said, do we have runner ups? I just I mean, that <laughs> <laughs> Bullet for my Valentine. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> like, kidding. Interesting choice. <laughs> You just wanted a dumb pun. I, I know we we held off a decent amount on this episode. I feel like we need to throw those in. Um, you know what? The but my no, beautiful Valentine or my bloody Valentine. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. One of these episodes, we will get through the entire thing without one of you two making an awful. Nah, hey, I will never but, but let be, you down. To be fair, listeners, I will never let you down. There will always be, always be a pun. That is a great album if you just want to live in a lot of noise and just be angry about the whole day. Because you're not in a relationship, just listen to my my bloody Valentine. Cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> Greg, I, I worry for you sometimes. <laughs> um, oh, hey, if you can think of if you can think of one, oh, I've got one. Let us know. I'm talking to our listeners. I don't care about what you got, Ralph. Well, what, what do you got, Ralph? <laughs> no, now I don't want to say it. Well, now it's just awkward. Yeah, this is awkward. Well, you're the one that pushed it away from me. <laughs> I didn't want to. I was addressing our listeners, and yeah. I want well, I want to okay. know what you listen to on Valentine's Day. 
Not what Ralph listens to on Valentine's Day. I don't want in his head that far. Songs for Young Lovers by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. It's, I mean, it's exactly what it says it is. And also Frank Sinatra's just gold. Yeah. Golden voice. Epitome of class. Yeah. Yep. You could put in a lot of other things. I think there's probably a decent something to find from John uh, Mayer. You probably pulled a couple songs from a couple of different albums. You could make something that was a good Valentine's Day soundtrack. But I, I think his albums end up being varied enough that there's never like a, a single theme that runs through the entire thing. Yeah, I was I was thinking about John Mayer and I was like, none of them are like a full love album. He does a lot of really cool like love songs or it, he does a good mix all the way through. Yeah. Jason Mraz could do something like that. Jason Mraz is a good call. Like we yeah. sing, we dance, we steal things. I could see that. Yeah, there's a good amount of love songs on that one. Um, uh, Sarah Bareilles, yeah, also puts out some good stuff for that. But she's not gonna write you a love song because you asked for one. <laughs> yeah, well, Toop-a-too, you stepped into that one. You, <laughs> I know, you but set that up <laughs> and also Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Eventually, we will have a Taylor Swift album as an actual focus here. I mean, yep. if you want to get just into like singers, you know, you always got like. Al Green or um, Marvin Gaye. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, Michael Bublé. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you mean Frank Sinatra? Look, discount Frank Sinatra. Whoa, now. Do not insult Whoa, the now. Lord <laughs> oh Frank Sinatra. Man. I'm sorry. Just you, different you put... generations. <laughs> I was not prepared. Just <laughs> different generations, my I sh- man. I, I didn't go that far. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like the comparison. I think I brought him up because he's a fantastic singer. I do not like the Frank Sinatra comparison. Um, but that's just I, it doesn't. He covers Frank Sinatra songs. He, that's okay, why the comparison is there. Into it, right? That's I, that's why the comparison's there. I know, I know, I know this. Anyway, I think I must be more of a sad person because the only albums I could think of are a lot sadder. Like oh, oh mean, this is a good classic one. Oh no, man, yeah. Kind of self-titled is a great like oh depressing. Okay, okay. <laughs> Valentine's Day Come album. If we wanted to go there, Greg, Greg, it's fine. You're gonna get. We're gonna get you on some Tinder, and oh, we're gonna set Bumble. you up for Bumble. Bumble. The new hotness. Right, right. Sorry, not, forgive me, forgive me. We're gonna set you up for Valentine's it's Day, and then you're gonna, saying, and then you're gonna be able to give us some some good solid Daniel happy. Daniel Caesar, he has some good stuff. I really suggestions. Like his music. Yeah. We'll see. After this Valentine's Day, Greg will have. We'll know. We'll know which one is Greg's Valentine's Day after this one. All right. Ladies, anyway. Greg Bruick. No. Oh, no, no, we're not soliciting over a podcast. Don't worry. It'll be after Valentine's Day when this goes up. So, whatever happens on Valentine's Day, you'll have new options. I don't like any of this. Wow. <laughs> this is what I. Ralph Harris. Can I have to call these guys my friends, guys? This is. This is where we're at. So we just, this is just, actually just a you know plea just for new friends that understand <laughs> me. That's all I'm asking well, for. See, normally this is the part of the podcast where I'd be like, hey, you know, what are you guys? What what are your plans for this week? But it's Valentine's Day, and I think we've pretty clearly explained that all of us are single. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to a concert. I'm gonna go bowling by myself, <laughs> just to really emphasize. Oh how wow, it is. that's ooh, that's rough. I was going to songwrite with people until I realized that they suggested the day, but then they're both in relationships. That's going to go well. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, the day being Valentine's Day, in case that wasn't obvious. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, my name's Ralph. You can follow me on Twitter at, at the ninth Ralph. My name's Greg. You can follow me on Instagram at Greg the Great. You also With followed me on Twitter recently, so I, I noticed you logged back in onto that platform. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and you that's just at Greg Bruick. <laughs> I don't know why. You have such an opportunity. You have your name on Twitter. It is so easy for you. I mean, you could just use you got your on name bo- on Instagram. You got in on the bottom floor, though, dude. Uh, it, my name on Instagram is at Ralph Harris IX because I couldn't get at Ralph Harris. Oh. Yeah. Look, have you ever heard a more generic I've white never heard of another than Ralph Harris? <laughs> I've never heard of another Gregory Bruick. So. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Opportunity. Yeah. Anyway. Also, there's coffee shop. That's true. Spell it. C. Wait, I got it. C. X. Nope. Wait. C. V. F. F. E. E. S. H. X. P. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's 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 Greg. You should follow him on Instagram and SoundCloud yes. for coffee shop at least. And anyway. Spotify and Spotify now. Hey, and Spotify and all the... to the right of Greg. To the right of Greg, we have moi. That's at... not helpful. I, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm Sean. You can follow me on Instagram at Sean underscore S V. That's S H A W N underscore S V. Yeah, just DM him on Instagram and just write S E A N multiple times. Scene, 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 scene. Don't don't tell people to do that, Ralph. I I did the opposite to one of the people I work with recently. His name's Sean Bowser, and I was talking about him to a coworker, like, "Hey, we need to respond to that email," and I put S H A W N. Man, you're a, you, you're a, you're a new class of horrible person. <laughs> it was right an there. accident. I don't care, my man. Like, and then I, he repeated it five times. Oh. Sean, 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 Sean. <laughs> I wrote it well, and it was. I mentioned him twice in the same line, and wrote it both ways in that same line: S H A W N the first time, and S E A N the second time. And I was referring to the same person. Never mind, that's a new <laughs> new class. Look, man. Sometimes you type quickly and you don't think about it. It's, it's sometimes fine. you have no regard for other people's feelings either. Look, the worst is that there are like several Carolyn, Caroline, and uh. uh yeah, Carolyn and Caroline's where I work. Ooh. And because a lot of what we do is interact with these people over Slack or emails and stuff, anytime I'm seeing someone for the first time, I'm just like, I don't want to say your name because I might say it wrong. <laughs> and people are sensitive about it. And they'll be like, well, I'm from the South, so it's Caroline. I'm like, okay, cool. But I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it spelled the same? Yeah. Oh, that's it's terrifying. It's C A R O L I N E, no matter what it is. And like sometimes it's a Y. Sometimes it's a Y. I was going to say, the Y is Carolyn. Yeah, that's, that, was, Usually. that was my grandma's name. <laughs> Usually. Okay, in the North, that's how we say it. That's yeah. my grandmother's name. Yeah, it's usually, and to be fair, it's usually Caroline when it's I N E, but not always. Not always. I'm sorry. Anyway. Yeah, it's all right. First world problems. So, we're still looking for our next theme. Hit us up. Hit us up, leave a comment, respond to the Twitter. Oh, we do have a Twitter. It's at JustVibinPod on Twitter. You follow us, mm-hmm. tweet us, tell us what you think. We'll catch you guys next time. Oh, hopefully next time we might have a special guest. Ayo. We'll see. Trying to bring in more people. This one, we ended up needing to shuffle the actual recording date around, so we didn't, didn't really get anybody in, but hopefully next time. We'll yeah, uh, check, check it out next week. We'll be able to grab it. See you guys. Okay, later.